15 minutes to break down 45 minutes of revelation to you. Amen, I'm going to. Thank you for that, though. Um, I really do want to share this with you. Um, last week, we started really a two-part message, if you will, on advancing the kingdom. Last week, we talked about how we advance the kingdom of God through our time, our talent, and our treasure. Amen. We talked about how we serve God with our time, with our talent, and with our treasure. And I told you, I said last week was kind of, last week I told you, I said, you know, it's really the milk of the word that I brought to you. But I'm going to tell you tonight, it's, it, this is deep revelation. I'll be honest with you, this is probably one of the deeper words that I've even brought to this house. But I feel like it's conducive and a time for us to understand. And uh, even, even in the understanding of advancing the kingdom. Uh, so I really want to break this thing down as we look. Last week we talked about advancing the kingdom of God by taking our time, our talent, and our treasure. But this week I want to bring part two of that on how we advance the kingdom of God in our homes. 
See, a lot of times we look at advancing the kingdom of God and we talk about advancing the kingdom of God on, you know, the drive-through prayer meetings that we're holding out in the, in the community and how we're, you know, the soup kitchens that we're running and the, and the clothing closets that we have and, you know, the people we're praying for in Walmart. But I want you to know I'm a firm believer the kingdom of God is advancing here simply because we make an atmosphere for the kingdom of God to advance. Watch now. We worship God. We sing songs. We talk about God. We glorify God. We give to God. We celebrate God. Every week we do this to create an atmosphere for God to show up. And guess what? God shows up. But watch this. Let me make a point. God is everywhere, but he does not choose to manifest his presence everywhere. Did you catch that? God is an omnipresent God. He is everywhere all the time. David said, if I run to the highest hills, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, in other words, in the pits of hell, you are there. Where can I go? Where can I run to escape your presence? Everywhere I go, you're there, God. See, God is everywhere, but he does not choose to manifest his presence everywhere. So what we have to understand is God shows up in atmospheres that are created for him to manifest his presence. The Bible tells us that he inhabits the praise of his people. See, I've heard enough about Holy Ghost services. Why aren't we having Holy Ghost homes? I'm coming at this a different angle tonight on advancing the kingdom because I am positive the kingdom of God will never advance beyond the boundaries of our homes. I'll never forget a scripture that God dealt with me about when the Bible says, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? God asked me, he said, Kyle, what does it profit a minister to win the whole world and lose his home? And so I realized that home is important. My children seeing me worship, my children knowing that we serve the same God as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My kids don't hear me just pray in tongues in church. Come on, somebody. My kids don't just listen to me, listen to worship music in church. It's a lifestyle that we live outside. It's in our homes. It's an understanding that I'm the priest of my home. I'm the pastor of my house before I'm ever a pastor of Dominion Church. See, it is obvious that the top priority of Satan's attack in the 21st century is your family and your home. If our family and our home is the enemy's top priority, shouldn't it be ours? I'm going to say that again. It is obvious that the 21st century attack is on our homes. It is obvious that the 21st attack of the enemy is on our homes. And if it is his top priority, should it not be ours? There was a chord that was struck in this, in this house uh, just two weeks ago. Something happened in the spirit when we got in and began to talk about homes. And even from that, a message was birthed that I, I preached in Darlington called Homeland Security. You need to go listen to it if you haven't. But now tonight I'm coming back and because I realize that there's a mandate on this house to advance the kingdom of God. But while we're advancing the kingdom of God, we have to understand you're not called to win the world and lose your home. Y'all real quiet in the house of the Lord, but it's okay. It's okay. Leviticus 14. Uh, Nudge somebody to you, left or right, and tell them it's about to get deep. (laughs) When we end this thing, and it's about this deep, y'all going to be like, he wasn't lying, it is deep. Leviticus 14 and 35. Woo! Y'all get ready. Here we go. Lord, help me teach tonight. And he who owns the house comes... And tells the priest, saying, it seems to me that there is some plague in the house. Mm. 
Let's go, next verse, please. I need y'all to stick with me. And then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes into it to examine the plague. In other words, get, it, get everything out of the house. And that, what? go back, please. And that all that is in the house may not be made unclean. And afterwards, the priest shall go in and examine the house. And he shall examine the plague, and indeed, if the plague is on the walls of the house, which with ingrained streaks of greenish or reddish, which appear to be deep in the wall, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house for seven days. And then the priest shall come again and on the seventh day and look. And indeed, if the plague has spread on the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take away the stones in which is the plague and they shall cast them into an unclean place outside of the city. And then, and then he shall cause the house to be scraped inside, all around. And the dust that they scrape off, they shall pour out in an unclean place outside of the city. <laughs> and then they shall take the other stones and put them in the place of those stones. And he shall take the other mortar and plaster the house. And now if the plague comes back and breaks out in the house after he has taken away the stones, after he has scraped the house, and after it is plastered, then the priest shall come and look. And indeed, if the plague has spread in the house, it is an active leprosy in the house, and it is unclean. Someone say it's unclean. And he shall break down, he shall tear down, he shall bulldoze over the house, its stones, its timber, and all the plaster of the house, and he shall carry them outside the city to an unclean place. Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to our hearts tonight in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. I need to break this down, because some of you looking at it like a cow looking at a new fence, and you say, what does this have to do with advancing the kingdom of God? Let me help you really quick. When we see this, we understand that in Leviticus, we have to understand that when the children of Israel began to possess the promised land, God told them they would live in houses they didn't build. And when, the, when they, when what happened is what they did not know is when they went in to live in these houses they did not build, that these houses had been offered to idols. I'm going to help you. Uh, and this is going to get really deep. And this is a really good Halloween message. Y'all didn't know you about to know. See, watch this, watch this, watch this. Let me teach. Our homes can attract the Holy Spirit or they can attract evil spirits. Watch. Satan, oh, this is good. Satan is attracted to atmosphere just like God is attracted to atmosphere. Watch. Atmospheres that he can get into are atmospheres, watch this, that glorify him. 
The Bible says that in Leviticus, when they went in these homes, there was green and red streaks in the wall. And when they saw these streaks in the wall, the job was for them to get everything out of the house, all the possessions out of the house, so that basically what was in the house wouldn't get in their possessions. My God, hear me. So they have to empty the house out. When the house is empty, they get the priest. The priest comes in and looks. And where the red and green streaks are in the wall, there is a, there is a repairing that has to happen happen. There is some scraping that has to happen. And everything that's unclean has to be taken to the unclean place of the city and basically properly disposed of. And the house is shut up for seven days. Somebody say seven. That's God's number of completion. And after the seven days, if they came back and found out that it spread, and not only now just in the walls, but even further, then the Bible is clear that the house is to be condemned. The house had a plague in the house. Oh my God, help me teach this tonight, Lord. Watch this, watch this. Just as the Holy Spirit is attracted to atmospheres of praise and worship, godliness, atmospheres of prayers, consecration, godly living, it's those things that attract the sweetness of the Holy Spirit of God into a home. How many of you have ever walked into someone's house and you could tell that it was a godly house? Come on, you got in there, and I don't know, maybe praise and worship music was playing. Maybe there was even a fragrance in the house. Maybe you had known that somebody had spent some time in prayer in that house. Maybe maybe there was an open Bible on the coffee table in the living room. But there was, there was something that you could tell had invited the Holy Spirit in that house. Well, I propose to you tonight, just as the Holy Spirit can be invited into our houses, so can the evil spirit of the enemy. All we got to do is prepare an atmosphere for him. And just as the Holy Spirit is attracted to those kinds of atmospheres, so is Satan attracted to atmospheres and places where he is welcome. Watch this, where he's given a comfort zone. See, some of you say, well, preacher, that's Old Testament spirits and plagues that can't get on our house anymore. Really? Great. Luke chapter 10. Verse 1, let me show you something incredibly. I'm going to tell you, take this scripture off real quick, bud. Because what I'm about to share with you, oh my, I'm telling you as I was preparing for tonight. I've seen y'all. Y'all will never walk up to the door of a house again the same way. The word of God's about to ruin it for every single one of you. The next, oh, I see him, Lord, I see him. Y'all about to walk up to your house and this message, you, I'm telling you, you're going to hear this preacher when you step on the doorstep of your home. You ready? Watch, watch. I'm telling you, you'll never walk up to a house the same way, y'all. When you get this revelation, it'll change the way you see everything. Watch Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. We're talking about advancing the kingdom. And after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. What did he say? He said, I took 70 two by two and I advanced them out where the kingdom of God was about to advance, right? And then he said to him, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs amongst wolves, carry neither money bag or knapsack nor sandals or greet no one along the road. But whatever... <laughs> whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace... 
is there. Your peace will rest on it, but if not, it will return to you. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages and Wait, oh my gosh, don't change after this. Do not go from house to house. Hold on, hold on. Jesus is telling his disciples how to do ministry. And he tells them, he says, hey, when you get up to the house, before you walk up on the house, I want you to stand on the porch. And I want you to say, peace. And he says, if your peace lands on the house, then a son of peace abides in that house. But if your peace returns to you, I'm about to help some people that have got some gut checks. I'm about to help some people that you've been saying peace, but you ain't been feeling the peace come back. And God's saying, watch, 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 watch. Don't go from house to house. Let's go, let's go. And whatever city you enter and remain in the same house eating and drinking. No, we need to go to the next one. Verse 8, verse 8, y'all. Come on. And whatever city you enter, and if they receive you, eat such things they set before you. Hold on. This is New Testament now, verse 9. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Verse 10. But whatever city you enter, and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, The very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near to you. Watch this. He said, scrape the dust off. Oh, did some of y'all get that? Did some of y'all, do you see the correlation in scripture? He said, he said, if there's a plague, if the son of peace ain't in the house, you got to go outside of the city. My God, you got to get in the unclean place and you got to wipe the dust off just like that priest did in Leviticus. You got to scrape the dust off as a testimony against it that the kingdom of God came near, but you didn't catch it because you wouldn't allow it in your home. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got I to gotta break this down. It literally says, this is what Jesus tells his disciples in Luke 10. Go stand on the porch. Speak peace into the house. I can see it now. Some of y'all are going to be on ring video. Peace. They'll be like, what is she doing? Peace. They'll be, they'll be seeing guys like, peace. Y'all laugh, but you're going home and doing it. Watch and see. Watch and see. Watch this. He says, go stand on the porch and speak peace in the house. And if it settles there, my God, then enter it. But if you feel it come back and hit you in the face, you better turn around and leave. Because he says, because I can't do any work there. How many of us just go from house to house to house to house to house to house? See, the reality of it is, is what Jesus is saying. He's saying that your home is a very important place. And what we have to realize is that the son of peace abides on some homes, but the son of perdition abides on others. And since I caught this revelation, I've literally walked up on homes, especially doing home visitations. And I have stood on porches and I've said peace and I've waited. And it's the most amazing thing that you can, you can, you can feel your peace be spoken and you can feel it settle on the house. But you know what else you, you can feel? 
You can speak it and you can feel it come back and hit you. I literally, I'll never remember, I'll never forget that I was headed to a meeting with ministry leaders. I'll use that in quotations. And I, I received a phone call about it. And on the way to that call, uh, on the way to that meeting, my peace left me. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, It's a trap. Don't go. I literally was within turns of their home. I called them and I said, listen, I'm around the corner from your house. I can see your house where I'm sitting, but I'm letting you know the Holy Spirit told me not to come. I'm not coming to the meeting. I canceled it. What happened? The peace didn't settle on the home. And because they couldn't receive what was in me, I'd have been wasting my time. Come on. I I, I would have been setting myself up for a trap. See, some of y'all got to learn to speak peace. And when you speak peace, you don't just need to speak peace. You need to find out where peace lands. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on. Watch this. Jesus literally sends out 35 teams to find houses that are suitable for his ministry to operate. Either the son of peace abides on a home, which is the son of the prince of peace, or the son of perdition, which is the son of the prince of the air. Both kingdoms are contending for the atmosphere of your home. One is named faith and one is named fear. And now we have created, here's where we go. This is where we maybe lose some folks. And we have created a holiday in our nation that we decorate our houses with the things of the dead. Oh, it's fine. Throw them stones. Hit me if you can. You can't hit me. I'm on the move tonight. Watch this, watch this. We, we, put, we put things up that say, hey, we are creating an atmosphere. I'm telling you, y'all say you're too spiritual. No, I take this thing, I take this thing very serious. That in Luke 10, it told me that I can invite things in my house. That I can create an atmosphere where the kingdom of God cannot be manifested. Atmosphere is everything for the kingdom of God to advance. The Holy Spirit operates in peace. See, we often think power, but can I tell you that peace always precedes power? I'm not looking for power. I'm looking for peace. Oh, let me help some people. I don't sit up under ministries of power. I sit up under ministries of peace. The ministries of power produce peace. But what we got is we got a lot of people with a lot of volume and no validity. My God, do you hear? Woo! Come on. We got a lot of preaching and power, but no peace. You leave there and you still in torment. Why? Because the prince of the peace did not settle when the word was spoken. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got, I got to teach this thing tonight. What did Jesus say? Peace be unto you. What did he say when the storms were raging? What did he say when the waves were crashing? Peace be still. It's amazing to me that the Prince of Peace came speaking peace, not power. But when he spoke peace, it was powerful. Let me tell you something. There was something so powerful about your peace. I wonder... How many churches every Sunday that are gathering in worship and the Holy Spirit walks up to the doors of our churches? He stands at the gate of our foyers. And while he's standing there, he speaks peace 
onto the church, but then he turns around and leaves because there's so much hell in the sanctuary he won't enter. Do you not think that the commanding chief that gave us the blueprints of how to enter houses would do it any other way? If Jesus is going to enter our churches, he's going to come to the churches. He's going to stand before them, and he's going to say, peace. And if his peace returns to him, I wonder how many houses Jesus has came to speak peace over, but his peace returned to him because the houses were plagued. See, I'll tell you there's a reason why we're not seeing miracles in the church. It's because there's no peace in our homes. Come on, we pretty our faces. We dress up really good and really nice. We can sing awesome. We can preach really well. But we go home and our houses aren't sanctuary. They're pits of hell. If ain't no other preacher going to tell you, I will. The reason we're not seeing the miraculous is not that the power is missing from the church, it's that the peace is missing from our home. See, before we can ever have a manifestation of the presence of God in our homes, we need to deal with the infestation. <laughs> can I tell you something? The streaks got to be washed out by the blood. If there's streaks in your home, they got to be washed out by the blood. The blood will wash it. See, you can't have a streak of pornography and expect God to show up in your home. You can't have a streak of stealing and expect God to live in your living room. You can't have a streak of manipulation and expect God to live in your home. You can't have a streak of anger and expect God to show up at your dining room table. You can't have a streak of unforgiveness and expect there to be room for the Spirit of God. You can't have a streak of, of, of greed and expect God to show up in your bank account. You can't have a streak of, of, of addiction and expect God to show up in your house. You can't have a streak of anything that is displeasing to God and expect God to show up. What did the Bible say? He said when the priest comes in and finds the streak, he leaves for seven days. But then he comes back. Oh my gosh, don't miss that part. He comes back. He comes back. He doesn't write the house off. He don't call for the bulldozer then. Listen to me, I don't care what the streak is in your home. What he cares about is are you willing to deal with it? You, we got to deal with the streaks. What did the Bible say? But after seven days, if they spread, my God. You know how something spreads? It spreads when we refuse to deal with it. What is the streak in your home that God is saying it's got to get scraped out? Y'all thought it was going to be a shouting message. For the kingdom of God to advance in our homes, we must create the atmosphere for the kingdom to advance in our homes. Watch this. Atmosphere produces climate. But watch this. Climate produces culture. So many people are upset with our culture. I can't believe there's drag queens showing up to the Christian Dove Awards. I can. Look at the condition of the church. 
We've created an atmosphere that's conducive for those. Mm. When you watch this, God is not after our culture. God is after our atmosphere. Because atmosphere produces culture. Atmosphere produces climate. Climate produces culture. See, if I go to Florida, I can go to Florida and guess what? Peaches grow there. Why? Because there is an atmosphere that was created to produce and the proper climate for peaches to grow. Because there is an atmosphere that produces the climate. The climate has created a culture of peaches or oranges in Florida. Now watch this. Take that orange tree to the mountains of Pennsylvania where my parents live. It'll what, Pastor Romel? It'll die. Watch this. It'll either die or it'll have to get put in a safe place. Either you'll have to create an atmosphere for it to live, but if you just expose it to the climate, it'll die. And I wonder if the reason why the kingdom of God is not advancing is not because it can't. It's because we haven't created an atmosphere that's conducive for it. And I wonder if there's no oranges on the, on the, on the gospel tree tonight not because it can't produce oranges. I wonder if there's no miracles hanging on the gospel tree, not because it can't produce miracles, but because we haven't created an atmosphere that is conducive and a climate that causes miracles to happen. Atmosphere is everything. It's why we contend for it. It's why we fight for it. Even if it makes you feel uncomfortable, we tell you get over it or get in it. It doesn't matter. We're not changing the atmosphere because you don't like the smell of oranges. Hallelujah. If we took a peach tree and began to try to move it into a, a different atmosphere, it would no longer produce peaches. What am I telling you? I'm telling you the atmosphere is everything that's conducive for that thing to produce what it was destined to produce. You go to the mountains of Colorado and there's an atmosphere that produces snow, in which turn, watch this, that snow created, a, that snow accumulated climate now has produced something called winter activities, and it's become a part of the culture. Why? Because the atmosphere produced the climate, the climate began to affect the culture. Nobody says, I'm going to Myrtle Beach to go snowboarding. Y'all laugh, but think about it. The atmosphere and the climate doesn't allow it. Why is it then that we have accepted things in the atmosphere of the kingdom of God that is not conducive? Listen to me. God wants us to set an atmosphere not just here in church, but in our homes that create a climate for the Holy Ghost to occupy. And in doing so, it will become the culture of our homes and the kingdom of God will advance in our homes. The church gets on fire when the fire in our homes gets in the church. When family altars are on fire, there are no barren altars in the church. Tweet that. John 1 and 49. I'm, I'm done, Brooke. You can come on. John 1 and 49. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of the living God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. 
And he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Listen to me. There was an open heaven atmosphere above Jesus because everything that Jesus did glorified his Father. How could Jesus say, in just a little while you'll see heaven opened and angels ascending and descending on the Son of God? I'll tell you how. He created an atmosphere that was conducive in the climate of the Holy Ghost to have the culture of an open heaven. There's not a person in, my, in this room tonight on the sound of my voice that doesn't want to be under that open heaven. But let me tell you something. We have to create atmospheres that are conducive. We want the kingdom of God to advance, but we can't advance the kingdom of God under closed heavens. Isaiah, or before I go to Isaiah 4, hold on. I believe the same open heaven that was above Jesus will be above all of those that will set their face to heaven, that will look to the Lord for their redemption. The Bible says that when you see these things happening, look up for your redemption draws nigh. It says that Jesus will come and he will split open the eastern sky. I believe that there's a people that are advancing the kingdom of God so intently that in in the advancing of the kingdom of God, there will be an open heaven above us, even before his appearing. Isaiah 4 and 5 says, And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place a cloud and a smoke by day. Watch this. And then the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion and above her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there will be a covering. Where? He'll create it above every dwelling place of the Mount Zion. Let me tell you something. Mount Zion, yes, a natural place but also a very significant spiritual place. It's his church. We are the people of Mount Zion. We are the people that have been called out to worship the Lord on his mountain. But listen to me, the Bible says that he will create above every dwelling place and above her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and a shining of flaming fire by night. What did he talk about? There will be an open heaven over those that are living for him. In closing, I want to give you four things that you can do to break satanic power from your home. Write this down. Because when you break the satanic power from your home, the kingdom of God will advance in your home. Write these down. The first thing that you need to do is you need to trace it. Number one, you trace it. Where did I let the enemy in? And what did I do? to bring this into my home. The first thing you have to do is you got to trace it. I'll never forget that when I was a little boy and I would lose anything, my mama would always tell me. She'd say, son, where were you at when you had it last? Church, some of you are here tonight and you've lost it. 
You've lost it. You've lost the tangible presence. You've lost the voice of God. You've lost the fervency of your prayer. You've lost your consecration. You've lost your intimacy. And I hear the Spirit of God saying, Church, where were you at the last time you had it? What were you doing? You got to trace it down. It's time to trace, church. The second thing you got to do is once you trace it, you got to face it. Listen to me. Stop putting wallpaper up. Stop hiding it. Stop covering it and deal with the issues. I wonder, and according to Leviticus 17, how many of us have come into homes and there's streaks on our walls and we put up wallpaper? Come on, somebody. We just cover it up. Nobody's going to see that. Nobody's going to know it's there. Nobody's going to know my marriage is in shambles. Nobody's going to know my kids don't listen to me. Nobody's going to know that we're, we're fighting tooth and nail. Nobody's going to know that, that we ain't got no money in the bank. Nobody's going to put the wallpaper up. Let's pretty it up. You got to face it. If you're going to break the demonic strongholds in your home, you have to face them. The third thing that you got to do is you got to erase it. You trace it, you face it, you erase it. The third thing you do is you erase it. How do you erase it? You begin to scrub the blood. Some of you, the most spiritual thing you can do tonight is you can go to your house, you can step on the foot of, steps of your door and you can say, peace. See, I just spoke that. I felt it land in this room. Woo. Why? Because the son of peace abides here. But the most spiritual thing some of y'all can do tonight is you can get home and you can say, peace. And if your peace comes back and hits you in your face on your own home, it's time to do the work of a priest. You trace it. You face it. And then you erase it. You got to get in your house and you got to find things that are displeasing to God. And you got to clean house, mama. You got to scrub it with the blood. There ain't nothing. I don't care. I, my marriage was falling apart the first year of our marriage. Incredibly bad. Jamie and I both agreed we married the wrong person. We were going our separate ways. But I'll never forget. We had come in the midst of a Daniel fast for 21 days of fasting and praying. And we were fasting and praying. And man, one night the Holy Ghost hit me. And I, I, I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to lose my marriage. I'm going to fight for this thing. It was just me and her. We had no kids at that time. And I'll never forget it. In that neighborhood of 18 little townhomes, 986 square feet, I didn't have no anointing oil. But I went to the kitchen cabinet and I grabbed a bottle of vegetable oil. And I know my neighbors thought I was crazy. Because at 2 o'clock in the morning, I uncracked that bottle of vegetable oil and I began to walk around my house and I said devil you won't have it here you won't take my marriage you won't take my house I won't live in turmoil in my own house I was out there speaking in tongues and slinging vegetable oil but you know what I was doing I was erasing it hell in my home no 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 I will not have hell in my home. The fourth thing that you got to do, once you trace it, you face it, you erase it, you got to replace it. You get the junk out and you get the glory in. Things that were displeasing to God, you pull them out, you get rid of them. Those things of the occult, the Ouija boards, they got to get out. You got to get out of my house. You got to get out of my house. I'm getting the hell out of my house. 
so I could get heaven in. I'm getting the hell out so I can get heaven in. You got to replace it. You got to replace it. But let me tell you something. It ain't all natural. Some of y'all, you need to get rid of that stinking attitude. And you need to start having a grateful attitude. Some of you need to quit complaining and compromising. And you need to start praising and giving thanksgiving. Where I used to, there's some people, they ain't got a house. I tell my kids straight up. Have to have them come tell you. Pastor Kai's here tonight. I'm prophesying over him, y'all. But I tell my kids, Daddy, I don't want this to eat. Son, there's kids eating out of trash cans in Africa right now. And you're mad because you wanted Zaxby's and not Chick-fil-A? No. You're going to eat what's in front of you, and you're going to be thankful for it. I'm telling you, we got to replace some things in our houses, y'all. We've made room for things that have created atmospheres for the enemy to abide. And we come to churches and we have powerful service, but we go home and we're in turmoil. This is not the will of God. This is not the plan of God for his people. God's plan is to get our houses in order. And when our house is in order, then we can conduct the service of ministry in the house of God. God, fix our homes. Fix our homes.